three, two, one. Welcome to the Dennis and Andy Show. This is our Wednesday edition. I am, of course, Dennis, and this is... Dude. Dude. Wake your ass up. It's your on. What the hell? Fall oh. asleep. Man. I t- uh. So we went to... We went to Mod... Don't make fun of my blanket. This... Hello, everyone. This is... A Christmas present from my wife. It's my 15-pound weighted blanket. I appreciate it so much. I feel I'm so tight right I'm like a burrito. I'm whoa, like a burrito. whoa, you can't say that. Why? Because that's cultural appropriation. You cannot use burrito. I'm like a, a crepe? No, that's France. <laughs> Damn it. What are you? I'm snuggled up like a baby in my 15-pound weighted blanket. That it is. It. it is literally a 15-pound blanket. And it's like size just for one person. So it's 15 pounds. Oh, it's it's so utterly nice. ridiculous. It's so nice. We went to – so since we're recording the podcast later, we, uh, we end up going to dinner before we record instead of after. So we went to Mod Pizza. And you're like, Mod Pizza? What the hell's a Mod Pizza? Mod Pizza, I told Dennis, because Dennis has never been there. There's one right by my house. Mod Pizza is the subway of pizza, where you go in and you they have one size pizza and two different thicknesses of crust. And the price doesn't change. Whether you get a cheese or you get everything. And it just goes right down the line like Subway. And they make it, put it in the oven. Ten minutes later, it comes out. It is so good. So I ate a full 11-inch thick cheese pizza. And to top it off, which always makes me tired, I had a beer. This baby didn't have a beer. Whoa, 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 whoa. You had a Michelob light. That, That is not a beer. If you can oh. see through it, it is not a beer. My soda has more oomph than a Michelob Light. I believe it is beer because there's alcohol content. Mm. No. There no. you go. Chad says I'm like a Subway wrap. A Subway wrap. And by the way, they corrected me there at Mike's. I said like the Subway of pizza. Oh, you and said then, that too? Yeah. And then the guy who was explaining how it all works said, Is that why he smacked you? No, he goes, we're more like Chipotle of pizza oh. minus all the E. cola. <laughs> oh, did he say <laughs> he that? Did. He did. Oh, it was awesome. Cool. It was awesome. Yeah, so, so, yeah, I got this really thick pizza and he goes, what kind of meat you like? I'm like, everything except chicken. Where's the chicken? So he goes, okay, we'll pull that off. What about anchovies? I said, nope, that's not meat. He goes, to us it is. And then, man, it was really good. I will be going back there. Quite good if you've never been there. So I got a cheese pizza, whereas Dennis likes to be stuffed with meat. From That's right. People. That's right. My <laughs> Lord. Howard Stern. <laughs> How did you not see that one? Well, I, I mean, come on. Before the show, you were like, give me some of your salty nuts. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. You mean no. the cashews over here? Chocolate. Lightly salty. salty. Oh, of course, now I'm going back to SNL. <laughs> no, those are sweaty balls. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're sweaty. Sweaty balls. I like Not my chocolate sweaty balls. salty. All right. So let's start off. It's Wednesday. What did the boys get? Let's burn through what did the boys get because we got a big show for you tonight. After what did the boys get, we're going to talk about Superman and Lois. We're going to review... The Avengers Phoenix run. The Avengers Phoenix that I've been all excited to read. It's not over yet. It's uh, It's got two more issues to go, but four are out. So Dennis finally started to read it. Um, and then he, I read him too, so we can review that as well. But first we'll do, what did the boys get? 
So I wound up getting, so Devil's Dominion 2 came out today for me, and we had just did the review this uh, this last uh, episode of it, number one. And I'm looking forward to seeing, because I said it was kind of a cliffhanger. I loved how number one ended. Kind of made me want to see where they're going with two. So this will be kind of, I think, the make or, make or break issue for me um, with if I'm going to continue it. So um, it looked good. I picked it up and did the quick flip through it. I, I, Andy and I disagree on the art a little bit, but no, no, no. I, the guy that does the art, I actually realized I met this guy at a convention a few years back in New York. He was showing me his portfolio. Um, and I actually liked his stuff. And we actually uh, had him do a sample piece for something that never came to fruition. But the coloring, I don't think, does his art any justice. Yeah. Now, I think the cover is colored by somebody else. I don't mind the cover. The biggest beef I have with the cover is the readability of that logo. Um, other than that, story-wise, it really didn't do much for me. Maybe I'll read this one. I'll, I'll we'll let see. you know. If I think it's better, I'll, I'll make you uh, read it. Because, you know, Black Box, I don't know. I think they, they, they may have a good comic here. So I'm, I'm hoping. Right. New Mutants came out. Um, getting caught up with the, with the New Mutants. So it's part of my X title. Nothing exciting there. <laughs> this is an Andy book, Savage Dragon. 257. I've got every issue. I've got the zero issue. I've got the wizard issue. I've got the first mini series. I've got you name it, Savage Dragon. I got it. It's good old fashioned Jack Kirby esque Stan Lee type stuff by Eric Larson. So I'm always on board for this one and glad he's still doing it. I'll be here until he's done. And I know it. when it's Savage Dragon week because Andy makes sure he gets to a comic book store come hell or high water. On that Wednesday. Oh, I'll be reading this as soon as our podcast is over. Yep. I'll be curled up with my weighted uh, blanket. Seriously. On the couch downstairs in the house because it's a little cool in the house. It's 75 in here and he's I'm is, dying uh, here. I'm on the verge of sweating. It's like a sauna. Oh, this is one Dennis and I both got. Yep. Uh, X-Men, one of the few Marvel books I get monthly. It's Hickman. So, I mean, yeah. his writing has been great. It's been a really solid book this entire time. Still part of the world building stuff. Uh, good stuff. I mean, that's 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 really the flagship in the X-Men universe right now. Yep. And Mahmoud Asra is the new artist on it from here on out, I believe. And I love his work. So, uh, looking forward to reading that. Dark Detective, another one of mine. It's the only Future State book that I got. Every, actually, I take it back. I got both issues of Justice League. I got one issue of Wonder Woman and then didn't get the second because I just didn't care enough. Dark Detective, though, I love Dan Moore's artwork. And uh, I actually like the story in it. So, yeah, I got this, too. Wolverine. Wolverine. That should be my last one. It was a really light week for me uh, this week. Wolverine comes up. It's been a solid book. Um, Yep, all the way around. So yeah, that's it. Nothing, nothing super exciting, but uh, yeah, interesting week. Light, light week. Yeah, very light week. So moving on to X. Or no, X -Men. Avengers. 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 That's what I mean. Enter the Phoenix. Dun, 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 dun. I'll let you take it away since you. I mean, we like I said, I read these as well. I borrowed Dennis's and read them. Um, but you can take it away, and then we'll, we'll go through it. So whenever X-Men, the Phoenix stuff from the X-Men creeps up, you never know where they're going to go with it. If it winds up being a really interesting story, or are they just using the Phoenix as a tool? So I was very curious because enter the Phoenix. Issue 39 is the first one that kicks it off, and it goes back. And it starts dealing with a tale about a million years before all of the stuff that we're reading now in the comic books. So you're dealing with the Phoenix as this ancient entity, which we all know it is. It's it's they I don't think they've ever given it a full time, you know, like how long it's been around. Is it like along with the elders of the universe type of age and stuff? But you, you get the feeling that it's been around. It's a Phoenix Force. Right. 
Right. And so it, that, it's a, yeah. it's a, is it a force of the universe? I mean, we're almost assuming it is at this right. point. So it goes up and the story goes back and starts talking about how it comes and inhibits way back when, basically during the age of the caveman. And of course it winds up picking a host um, who happens to be an attractive woman from that long ago i didn't realize there were attractive women from that long ago i know when you when you when you look <laughs> at like the the history of the theory of men i mean it looks like jean gray it literally looks like jean gray and and the artwork in 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 this issue uh, was really good and who did it dale keogh yes mr and mr uh started well didn't get a start at marvel but you know, Incredible Hulk from 30-some years ago, awesome artist, went on to Image, did Pitt. Dale Stoll, very hot artist, very popular, but he doesn't draw that much. So when he does something, it's an event. And, I mean, look, he did a really great job on this book, but I just wish there was more to it from the standpoint of recognizable heroes and stuff because that's what I want to see Dale draw. I don't want to see Dale draw um, this hot chick from a million some years ago. That still boggles my mind, right? Because people weren't hot a million years ago. Humans, whatever, they, they just—I mean, uh, whatever. I think they got a hold of Dale and they said, "Hey, what we need to do is we need to—you need to draw somebody who looks like Jean Grey, and we'll make her really hot at the end because she's having a conversation with Odin because Odin's doing his stuff. And, you know, and she's like, Odin, you can call me Phoenix. We're putting together a team to save the world from itself. People like, like you and I, are you in? And you're like, huh, well, this is really interesting where, where this is going. And then, okay, that's the end of the issue. I love the final panel. I mean, that's, I would own this piece of art. I mean, Again, I'm a Jean Grey fan. Uh, I'm already caught. I, I love this. I, but I'm, I'm thinking that they said you need to make it look like Jean Grey and this hot, really chick but from a million years ago. The other thing they did in this book, too, is they introduced mutants, basically. Yeah, because right? the Phoenix Force came and took over and, and altered. Right, altered these people. But if it alters them then... Wouldn't that then mean that they're that you know that line just keeps moving up with altered beings or what? She alters these people and it's just dormant until nineteen you know whatever sixty three at the first X Men. I mean that's just weird, right? After all of this in the history, and I mean this is what we were waiting to kind of find out is. Is this the first person that it gets changed where the X gene winds up becoming a right. mutated That's X gene I mean, and they yeah. get it? And then, therefore, does that mean it goes down until eventually people start picking them up in the 1960s? Or in with Marvel's case, remember, they kind of retrofitted Namor to say he was the first mutant. They right. even did a thing, Namor, right. the first mutant. Right, right. Well, the kind of retconning this all the way back because now is she a mutant or was she just altered or was this the start of the future alterations we don't know it's not really explained okay. uh, in it and uh um moving on yeah to the first actual issue part one enter the phoenix which is basically like and I'm, I'm stealing this from Dennis because I asked him, you know, after he read it, thoughts. And he's like, I don't want to tell you, but it's kind of like it's kind of like Contest of the Champions with the Phoenix Force. And, you know, he was right. The Phoenix basically the Phoenix Force, kind of like on the, the cover shows, inhabits different characters and pits them against each other. Right. In which they've done before. So if you remember just a few years ago, they did, they did AVX and it was Avengers versus X-Men right. and it was fighting and then you had the people with the Phoenix. But the reason it reminded me of Contest of Champions is if you think about it, that was the first miniseries, I believe, that Marvel ever did. Yeah. 
And it was just them a great way. And I, I think it was a money grab at the time. And maybe they would disagree with me, but it's like, how do we get all of our superheroes together in a book no, where you know everybody will get together? What do you think? Oh, no, I know. From oh, listening you know. to a podcast, Contest of Champions was originally supposed to come out to coincide with the Olympics. Oh. And that was the, that was the, the spin. Is this book is kind of like Marvel Olympics in a way. Uh-huh. It was going to come out when the Olympics did. But then I don't remember the story exactly because I listened, I heard the story last year on a, on a podcast. Basically, it got shelved, but the anchor, Pablo Marcos, net, the word never really got to him that it was shelved and he kept working on it oh. and he just set up pages. And, and I guess, you know, Marvel got it was like, oh, crap. All right, let's just tweak it here and there to kind of like get the Olympic type stuff out of it, whatever it might have been, and just let's put it out. I mean, it's paid for, basically. We're not yeah. going to waste it. Yeah. So that was the story of it. Ah. Yeah. All right. So that's why it's the first miniseries. So the premise is you got all of these superheroes together in, in one book. So it doesn't matter if you were collecting Avengers, if you're collecting X-Men or Defenders or whoever, you had a character that was in there. You know what? I'll pick that up. You know, so people went and picked it up from different areas. Well, to me, that's what this kind of is. And, you know, Secret Wars was kind of that way. We're going to bring all these superheroes together. And, you know, the original superhero Secret Wars was pretty interesting. Hence, we got the black costume spider. Well, that was pitting heroes against villains. It was. Right. It was. It was good versus bad, right. which is always a good story. So the storyline in this one is basically the Phoenix Force has come back to Earth present day. It's looking for a new host. So who is worthy? So what we're going to do is we're going to pit all these different people against good or bad. It doesn't matter. They're all going to be given powers, a fraction of the Phoenix Force, and they're going to battle like gladiatorial people in the arena one-on-one, and the winner moves on, and the loser's kind of done, and then they just go away. And certain people like Dr. Doom, he thinks the Phoenix Force is here for me. All right. right. And and know, he, he embraces it. Right. Because right? he's, he's like, like, he's like yeah. I want this. Yeah, give me this power. I, I know what to do with this stuff. Whereas, like, you know, the Avengers that get it, like Captain America, Black Panther, they're just like, oh, no. So what was your take on Captain America? Because the, this fight scene in particular bothered the shit out of me. He just came across kind of whiny, I thought. Just seemed kind of self-pitying in a way. Yeah. Right, I, I was not. It is not the Captain America. So I am not. Well, go ahead. I the, when I look at this, you know, I expect Captain America to be Cap. Look at things a certain way as he is the soldier would or a general, and um, you know, he just came off as this whiny, just weak willed. Eh. His costume wound up being cool. I I didn't like how he was. It it was just almost like he was like, oh, I've got to always remember that I used to be this weak, skinny little punk. And and I just got to always remember that so I know how they feel and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, good Lord, you're Captain America. You're a leader. Yeah. And he gets the Phoenix power. And I now the designs, I'll say this. I actually like some of the designs they're doing. For the because e- each person, each hero that gets the Phoenix Force, their costume changes, but you still know who they are. So you can look at this and go, oh, yeah, that I mean, you might without knowing anything, you might not know. But if you know Captain America, then you're like, oh, yeah, he's got the shield. He's kind of got the stripe still. All right. I get it. That's cool. Yeah. I, I wasn't too thrilled with the Captain America design. I was like, yeah, it's all right. I mean, it's they're putting Phoenix. <laughs> Could be. Um, <laughs> I just read it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it's okay. I don't. I don't mind this costume design. Um, yeah. Namor. Now, Namor came across to me as actually pretty bold. 
Right, because he was another one that was like, bring it on, I'll take it. Well, he was like, it's here for me. Right. It's mine to take. All the right. rest of you are screwed because this is mine. I know for a fact the force is here for me. And I'm like, wow, that's actually really bold. Yeah. And it harkens me back to the old Namor, how he was just a matter of fact. I am great. The rest of you surface dwellers suck. The right. oceans are going to rule. And he implies it. So I like the way that Namor was done in this comic. Yeah, so did I. So did I. Oops, wrong, wrong way. But one of the, the funny ones coming up here, and so Captain America, yeah, so Namor was done well. Captain America and Doom are going at it. Doom obliterates him. I oh, mean, yeah. it's actually just fantastic. And it was a really great scene. And then, you know, afterwards they were like, what? He goes... I, I just killed him, and you allowed him to come back and survive. That tells me you don't want Doom. You want somebody else. So Doom forfeits. Boom, and he's gone. He's out. And yeah. I was like, okay, I did like that. Yeah. But the entire premise behind this, to me, is just crap. And I and, and as we continue on, it's not going to improve a, a, a whole lot. So the next couple of issues, and we're, we're going to kind of go through these quick, we're going to show you a few screenshots so you can see some of the the costume designs and 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 what they're going with it. Lanell Francis Hughes doing the covers. He's awesome. All the covers are great. I I like the interior art. I I think it's God. Uh, I want to be. It's Javier Garan, I believe, is his name. I like it. It's a simplified style. It definitely needs color. I think without color, it would look like a coloring book. But you know what? In this day and age with the modern coloring, which I probably should stop saying that because it makes me sound old. We've had this you technology. I am. We've had this technology and coloring for the past 20 years. So, you know, when I came up, the last thing you wanted was somebody to look at your, your black and white art and think coloring book. Because, you know, it was like, well, you're not doing your job. You're supposed to you know, show light and shadow and stuff in the black and white art. But with how great coloring can be these days and with the colors out there that are so good, like the one that colors this book, uh, I think it's David Curiel. Um, you can basically have a very linear style that doesn't have a lot of heavy shadows and blacks and rendering in it. And the color can really just bring it to life. And that's how this guy's art is. And I think it looks good. I, I think I think the art looks pretty good. So I'll give it I'll give it a good score for the art. Like that's pretty cool. Ooh, damn it, wrong button. So th this was a battle between uh, Luke Cage and uh, Man Thing. Yeah. And you know it Wait, was Luke Cage. Yeah. No, it's Black Panther. Oh, was that Black Panther? Yeah, look, yeah. Oh, I th I thought it was the Luke Cage one. No, oh yeah, no, you're Black, right. Uh, you're Luke right. Cage. It's T'Challa. Yeah. It's T'Challa and Man-Thing. Hey, uh, this is pretty cool. You know, he's bouncing all over the place, you know, beating up giant-sized Man-Thing. It, it's all right. There. Again, the story. Now, I'm a Jason Aaron fan in terms of, like, I like a lot yes. of the stuff that he's done. Real quick, you're right. Curiel is an awesome colorist. I always like to shout out the comments. You're right. He is. The dude's fantastic. These colors are just. They're vibrant. They're vibrant. Yep. You know, they pop. They, he, he does great effects. He, he works really well on this guy's art. So, anyhow, sorry. No, that's fine. Yeah, just shout out because I'm not always looking up at that. Um, you know, and we just want to show uh, a couple of them. There's Luke Cage. This is Luke Cage. my bad. Uh, yeah. Luke Cage goes to uh, Kunlun. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, then, you know, and, and Iron Fist. And again, now I, I'm looking at like Luke Cage. Eh. It's okay. The art's fine. It's it's some of the designs I'm not exactly super thrilled with, but I don't they, hate it. They brought back American Eagle. I mean, the American Eagle, I remember, yeah. dressed in that costume. Is that the same guy? You know who I'm talking about, Yeah, right? I do. Yeah, it's not the same mean, one. The American Eagle for the, the Apache. Yeah, you know, they had the blue costume with the eagle crest right. on his chest. That's not the yes. same guy, though. I, don't know because I, I haven't read American Eagle. Um, you know, like I said, I like the guy's art. I like his page layouts and stuff. Visually, I like the book, but story-wise, I'm just like I don't understand the point 
of this battle of the Phoenix Force giving a part of itself to the different characters to fight it out to see who wins. And then there's going to be, an, what, an ultimate champion that at that point is going to have a part, is going to have the full Phoenix right. Force? And why does the Phoenix have to come back to Earth of all places in order to find a host? Right. You know, and again, especially after the AVX stuff, but we'll go to the next panel so we can take a look at just some of the other art that's going through. Because literally, there's no real story behind this. We go from one battle to another. So all it's, we can do is take a look at, you know, in my mind, some of the art. And well, it's again, not only that, but every battle, you've got the you've got the person doing the battling, you know, doing the battle, pontificating in these caption boxes. Right. And, and then just like, oh, I don't need the Phoenix Force. Oh, what am I doing? You know, oh. So Shauna the She-Devil, which is an interesting character enough, she's facing Moon Girl. Right. Why in the hell is Moon Girl even in there? And they've got other scenes with her in there. And I'm like, really? Out of all the people that you're going to bring that would be worthy. I, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Right. I mean, it's just like. All we want to do is try and gather people from different age groups and different backgrounds and make this a really diverse group of people that are just going to battle each other so that everybody buys this book and eventually we're going to have some winner. Maybe there's going to be a twist or two in, in the end. But I'm like, seriously, it's like Secret Wars, Contest of Champions, uh, you know, AVX kind of stuff. They're using, in my mind, the Phoenix Force as a backdrop reason just to bring characters together to get them to fight. Right. Now, again, you got Hyperion and Shang-Chi, uh, uh, Master of Kung Fu. Again, I like the art, but Hyperion, I mean, again, he's like, oh, I'm Hyperion. I should be able to crush everybody, and it's mine to control, and eh, oh, no, what's going to happen? And Chang Chi's just sitting there going, oh. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Chad says, good idea with poor execution. Yeah, I mean, I would just bring in A-list characters for this. I mean, Shang Chi's fine. They got to pimp them. Movies want to be coming out soon. Hyperion's fine, but Moon Girl? Yeah. What the? And then you find out that, well, if the Force of Phoenix comes and talks to T'Challa, you know, and she's like this manifestation, you're right. the one we really want. Right, right. What? Why? Why are you telling us that now? Because now as the reader, you've put into our mind, all right, so this whole thing revolves around T'Challa, so all the rest of this is just effing background yeah. noise. Yeah, it's nothing. It, it, it's meaningless. Unless they do a twist where he's not, which is probably what they're going to do. It won't be him. It could be, or he refuses it, and they have to right. pick another one. I can't or, see anybody actually accepting it. Because who wants that kind of power that's a good person? Right. Especially full well knowing what the what the Phoenix does to a person, what it did to Jean Grey. That's why the Shi'ar Empire made sure that they she has to die. She right. can't have it. Right. Oh, yeah. So then Black Panthers in the Florida Everglades, the Nexus. Nexus. Oh, yeah. Of all realities. Here's another one that drove me off the wall on this. Nighthawk. Given the militant nationalist path your Squadron Supreme of America oh, yeah, yeah, has yeah. been on, I suppose this confrontation was inevitable. So once again, Marvel has decided, because it's Squadron Supreme of America, right? always if it has to do with America... You they're militants, they're nationalists, they're fascists. Seriously, Marvel, stop with the shit. We want to read our heroes for the good of our country. But it's always, and they always pick some somebody like Squadron Supreme or some lower tier person right. that's going to have the mantle of the bad guy and we're all going to be fascists or we're all going to be whatever. And that's who we're going to go full well knowing that they're going to get their asses kicked by whoever they're fighting. Right. Seriously. Crap writing. This is 42. This is the, the most recent one that came out. 43 should be any day. Once again, another nice cover. Linnell Francis Yu. You just can't go wrong with them. When we get to the insides, uh, who's this cat? I'm trying to remember. That's Namor. Oh, yeah, it's Namor. I mean, that's kind of a cool design for Namor. Like I said, I thought the designs were cool overall. 
This is drawn by a different artist. This one, let me go back to the cover. See if I can remember this dude's first name. Uh, so Jason Aaron's the writer. David Curiel's the colorist. Uh, is it Carlos? I can't remember I his remember. first name. Obviously, his last name is Maresca. You know, the art's serviceable. Oops, wrong way. Oops, go down. I think the art's serviceable. You know, it's it's in line with the previous artist. So, you it know, it isn't like a big departure. It's right, exactly. When you, if you can't have one artist draw the whole story arc, and this is only six issues. So, I, I got to say, it's poor planning on editorial that this wasn't done with enough time to where one artist could draw six. So, there's not. Uh, a, a skip from from one issue to the next. Now, this artist's work is very in line with the previous artist, so it's not a huge departure. So I give him credit for that because I've seen some, sometimes I've seen storylines where they'll get a different artist in there and it's just 180 degree and you're like, what the hell? And it can pull and it, you right out of the right, story. It just pulls you right out of the story. So at least that's not yeah, there's consistency. Yeah. And then this is Shang-Chi, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oops. And again, I, I thought that was a decent piece of art. I like the colors and stuff on yeah. it. Again, I'm not thrilled with, with his particular uh, outfit, but eh, like I said, it's not the and end of the world for him. He's coming back at Cap. Cap already had his time, I thought. Well, it's, it's like a gladiatorial ring. So think of it like the football playoffs. Winners, they move on to the next round, next round, next oh, round, right. until eventually you get your super. So eventually it'll come down to Cap and Black Panther. Right. This is a particular panel, which I know it's really made its way around. We've talked about it as a separate issue, uh, you know, issue going into it, how you took an absolutely incredible character like She-Hulk and – she took steroids. She did. She she you lost know, all her you, femininity. Right. And they, when you're a dude on roids, your balls shrivel up. When you're a chick on roids, you you lose all your femininity. She hawks juicing it. She doesn't need to because she's she hawk, but obviously she's juicing it because she lost all her femininity. I'm thinking John Byrne saw that and just closed the issue and just walked away. He oh, had to. I don't think John Burns looked at it. Like <laughs> a new comic in, I don't know, 30 years. Uh, horrible version of She-Hulk. Well, Chad, you're correct. It is. I, there, there's no way to, to put that, especially when, you know, they've showed her, you know, in the series up to that point, and she is bulkier, and that's perfectly fine to draw her bulker, bulkier, but right. I mean, this was just, yeah, let's let's just put the Hulk and give him a uh, a hair tail, and, and, and we're done. We're, we'll just call it that and give him a new outfit, because that, that's him. It's just it's, it should say, Hulk, don't like to lose my breasts. Yeah, Hulk. Just drives me nuts. So and then it ends with the big one. So, yeah, again, again, this is a good page. They draw they draw the Phoenix Force uh, avatar, Jean Grey. I, you know, I will keep calling her. And uh, so throughout this whole thing, they, you know, you see Thor in and out. And he's right. like, I hate the Phoenix Force. I don't know why. I just hate the Phoenix Force. Right. Oh, okay. That that tells us absolutely nothing. Right. So they bring it up to the final reveal now you know of the why. page. And then, oh, there's a secret. Your dad had the secret. I've come to tell you everything, my son. Whoa, whoa, what the hell is the son? There's two options. That means Thor's a lot older than I thought. Or or <laughs> is is it my son? Is it metaphorically? Right. Come on, son. Just Come over and let, right. me, let me tell you a story. Or is it literally going back to the first episode with when, when Keon did it, you know, hey, Odin, we're going to go save the universe. So something happened with Dale and uh, – or with Dale – with uh, Odin and, uh, and the Phoenix Force and then Thor. But we already know who Thor's mother is. Seriously, is this going to be a reveal? Uh, and once again, did the Phoenix Force make a cavewoman hot? Because seriously, a million years ago, I'm not saying comic artists take license. Of course we do, but you can't draw yeah. a hot chick. And she's got two eyebrows. She's supposed to have one. She's supposed <laughs> to have one eyebrow. 
His boobs should be down to her knees, and she should be covered in body hair. I'm just saying. saying. So I'm. This is why I'm just going to wrap it up this way. Look, I'm a huge X Men fan. Everybody knows it. I love Phoenix when they do it right. This was a tool all the way through. Maybe they'll pull something out of their butt. I will, of course, finish it because I'm a completist and I must do it. But honestly, this entire series has bored me to tears. And I never thought I would say that about a well, Jason which is Aaron storyline like this. Which is funny because visually, it's not boring to look at. No, it's, it's nice looking. But, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I just... I'm glad you bought it. Let me borrow it. So I have my $25, $24, whatever it comes out to. I will pick so, up the last two issues oh, yeah. because I have to. Right. And we will read the, the final two and we'll let you know if I change my opinion. But honestly, after these two are done, and I know that this is pretty much going to end the Avengers. I think it gets rebooted. And I think it comes out like the new Heroes Reborn stuff or whatever. But this is so bad that I, I'm, I'm going to be pulling Avengers off of my list. I can't do it. Chad asks, if Dale Keown did the first issue, why didn't they get big names to do subsequent issues like Byrne, Perez, Pacheco, McGinnis, Art Adams, Alan Davis? Well, I can answer some of this. Byrne won't work for Marvel, so there's that. There, yep. Perez is retired from drawing interiors. Pacheco's probably already working on something else, but he would have been great. Yeah. Uh, McGinnis, I believe they probably have him working on uh, that. He's going to be working on the Heroes Reborn stuff when it comes back out. So he's probably uh, knee deep drawing that stuff. Art Adams. Art Adams would need so much lead up time to draw just a 20 page comic. It's not even funny. Art's work is so meticulous and intricate and beautiful. It is. He, you know, for him to draw one issue, you better have it, you know, started six months out. Alan Davis. Alan Davis is a good one because he can put out monthly stuff, but I'm guessing he is busy on other projects. Or so, maybe his page rate's too high? No, he's probably yeah. just, I mean, it could be a page rate thing. You never know. His page rate could be too high or he's working on other things right now. I'm not exactly sure. I get your point. Uh, my thing, like I originally said, was why not plan it to where Javier Garan could have drawn uh, and I hope I'm getting his name right. Could have just drawn the whole thing. That's that's my question. Well, and I was curious why they got Dale to do one issue. I mean, I would have well, Dale I, did. Now this goes back six or seven years, but in one of the other Avengers relaunches they did, yeah, it might have been New Avengers when they relaunched that book. I don't remember the exact issue number. I want to say it was in the teens. Dale did a one-off story starring the century. And oh, the funny okay. thing was, after I read it, and I, I, I thought this after I read it, and then after seeing other people comment about it online, saying the same thing, I knew I wasn't crazy, and the comments all said, this was a great standalone Superman story. Because the century's kind of like Superman. He is. He's Marvel Superman. Right. And it was a standalone story. I want to say it was written by Peter David. Could be wrong. Um, but it was a standalone story drawn by, you know, Dale Keown, starring the Century. Two team-ups I love. I love the Century, and I love Dale Keown's art, so I bought it, and I thought it was a great Superman story. Yep. So Yeah, and I, I do. I, I always kind of like the Century when they when they brought him out. Oh, Chad, you funny fellow. Dale, do all of them. Dale needs just as much lead-up time probably as Art Adams to draw a book. So, oh. you know, I love Dale's work, but he's not the fastest guy around either, and they just – you know, if this was something where they said, let's go back. So issue 39, this is the fourth one, 39, 44, 40, yeah. So issue 39 came out four months ago, which would be January, December, October, right? Mm -hmm. So if issue 39 came out in October, if they wanted Dale to draw all six, they probably would have had to have him start to October 2019. <laughs> so for Dale to draw all six of these seven uh well six six seven whatever it comes out to be honestly they probably would have said all right Dale we want you to draw seven and Dale would have been like all right I need to start a year before the first one comes so out. realistically Dale would be great if they said we've got a six issue miniseries we want you to do next year here you go start on it now right okay yeah. 
start on a book now, Forest Dale, and we'll put it out February next year. Yeah. Six issues. Yeah. You know, and then he could probably do it. I mean, Dale's art is very, he's another one. His art's very detailed and intricate and I like just, it. I just can't do it. Oh, I love Dale's stuff. Oh, of course. Ch Chad, Everybody. we're not machines, Chad. Whoa, I've always Whoa. said Andy we are, is a machine. We are not machines, okay? I need lead time. I you mean, walk out, you just hit a button, and Andy goes and prints out a, right. a, a page. You know, in all honesty, most artists need five weeks to draw a book. And that's just guys that we're looking at here need five weeks. A guy like Dale, for one issue, probably needs eight. You know, Art Adams probably needs seven to eight weeks to draw a book. And Art, if he inks his own work, you need to tack on probably another month on top of that. So, yeah. he, you know, we, oh yeah, we we need the lead time for sure. So, all right, we got to give it our CGC grade. We're going to do it for, for the first four issues. Okay, um, come on, Chad. Now, Paul Pelletier, I believe he's a DC staple right now. Brett Booth is busy at Marvel working on X-Men Legends. Jim Lee is publisher at DC. Come on, man. Stop stop dreaming. Yeah, yeah. Chad, he's got his wish list up. You got your understandable yeah. this, Chad. I liked the art. I don't like some of the costume designs, but I, I liked I like the colorization. I like the vividness. I the story actually confounds me and just I I would have stopped reading this. I'm giving this a 4.0 because honestly, if it wasn't for the art, I would almost have to quit it already. Oh, we actually differ. I'll go 5.0 because of the art. Um, and because I'll buy stuff and suffer through stuff I don't necessarily like story wise because I like art. I'd go 5.0 on it. Um, you know, when it's all said and done, if you haven't bought it yet, uh, but you still want to read it, wait for the trade. It'll be cheaper at least when it's all collected. You'll save a few bucks. Um, if you want to save even more. Wait till these are in the dollar bin. Wait till it's in the dollar bin. You know, if you don't want to wait that long, you're fine with digital, fine. Buy it digitally. That's cheaper as well. But, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where I think if you skip this chunk, you're not going to be missing out. When you come back to it, especially on the Avengers story, you're you're not missing anything. Right. And I think this is going to be the end. And like I said, they do, they're going to do the reboot. And um, ah, I don't know at this point if this is how it ends. I don't need to worry about the reboot. I'll find something else. There's a lot of good comics out right now. Well, that's the funny thing. Like, you know, I'm a broken record with the reboot stuff. I read the solicitations about it, and I'm excited because I like some of the artists. But when it comes to and Jason Aaron is doing the, the kickoff know, of it, which is normally just, good. But just the idea of Heroes Reborn, I'm just like, eh. It's rehash. It's like Hollywood I, right now. Like, Everything I, is just rehashed. I, I've been through Heroes Reborn. Right. You know? Yes. Yep. So. Going to it. All right. On the good, bright news. On, on the, yeah, on the up news is Superman Lois debuted last night, and we watched it. and. Man, I really, really, really liked it. And I wasn't a big fan of uh, the actor playing Superman when he debuted in Supergirl. Part of it has nothing to do with him, but I hated the costume in Supergirl. Yeah, couldn't stand the Superman costume in Supergirl. Um, and I don't know, the actor just... I don't know, something about it. He just wasn't doing it for me. He, I liked him. See, now in Supergirl, I love season one of Supergirl. Oh, well, yeah. But then they started good. getting into all this SJW crap in well, season two. So I kind of oh, gave God. up on Supergirl. God, that Nick Ultra's hitting me. I can tell that. It's light. Yeah, you should drink a Guinness or something to keep the blood boiling. You should. But he, when he came in, I kind of went back and wanted to see how Superman was going to turn out. And I kind of liked the Superman. Some of the stories were still garbage, but I did enjoy. I liked him. He wasn't necessarily my favorite on the show, but I liked where he went with them. I thought he would make a fine one. I'm a huge Tom Welling fan, so, you know, I still would have loved to have seen, especially, like, a good Superman with him in it after Smallville, because I think he filled that role really nicely. But 
I was curious to see how this was going to turn out. My problem was I didn't get to watch it on the big screen like Andy. I was stuck at the gym and uh, in order to get it in there. So I was on the treadmill. I threw it up on my phone on CW. Thank you for doing that. And I was able to watch it on my phone while doing it. So I couldn't see all the little details. But I got the story, the gist. And I, I'm going to say, yes, uh, this was kind of uh, kind of fun. I don't want to go into a lot of spoilers because I know a lot of you might not have seen it yet. Because even when I was at the comic shop picking up my comics today, talking about it, apparently a lot of people forgot it was even coming out. They're like, oh, did that already come out? I'm like, yeah, yesterday. I watched yeah, it this we morning. We won't go into spoilers. We'll just touch on things that you've, you've seen. Um, so in the show, they redesigned his costume, which such an improvement. It really looks more... It ties into the costume that Henry Cavill wears in the movie perfectly. And I like that costume. Um, they gave him a little more padding underneath the costume to bulk him up some, which the only problem I had is you could tell that it looked like when he, Clark Kent looked like he gained weight when he, be, when he put the Superman costume on and he shouldn't because he's Superman and he doesn't need anything under the suit to make him Superman. So that, that was a little weird. I'm curious if anybody else thought that, or if it was just me since I pay such close attention to details like that. Um, did you get that feeling at all? Or no? a, a little bit, but, and I thought, well, maybe, you know, when Clark takes his glasses off, you know, and, you know, instead of just saying, Oh, wow, that's Superman. His glasses are off. Maybe he bulks up a little bit. Maybe that's maybe what they were going with. So it's another way to, to fool it. And I kind of harken back to like old, the old Starman from like the 88, 89 relaunch where he could change his face oh, right. and look a little bit. So maybe, maybe that's kind of what they were doing where he takes off the glasses and he bulks up a little bit. So maybe no, you won't because it. otherwise it's the Jimmy Kimmel skit where he just takes off the glass. Right. Oh, you're Clark Kent. Well, the th the thing is, I know what you're saying, and the best artist to pull it off, I think, in comics was Frank Quietly when him and Grant Morrison did All-Star Superman. Oh, and yeah. Frank drew Clark. Every time he drew Clark, he drew him hunched over, a definite hunch curved to his back. His head was down. His shoulders were sloped forward. And when he drew Superman, he stood up straight, yep. shoulders back. Post perfect posture, so you saw it. And Christopher Reeve even did that in the Superman movie. Yes. So I think that maybe the actor and director should have went that route when Tyler's playing Clark to the point of saying, look, when you're playing Clark, don't stand up straight, roll your shoulders forward, hunch over some. Yeah. You know, his so their dialogue because, was great. His dialogue was great. Um, I like the woman that plays Lois. She's from the TV show Grimm that was on NBC. Uh, I think she's good casting. In this shot on screen, we're showing the two sons because uh, Superman, Clark and Lois, Superman, Lois, whatever, have twin boys. This is where it differs. This is the part where I, the part that I enjoyed is if they start off with a montage. Uh, I like the tip of the hat to the original Siegel and Schuster Oh my costume. gosh, that was one of my favorite scenes because one yes you could tell it was cloth yes not that, not that new material which still my good. mom did this my movie. mom did it, but i just love that they used the golden age it was golden they age tweaked Superman. it some but it was right. the golden age s symbol that had the little yellow band around it with the red yep. and he had the red tights that were a little baggy too right i thought that was and it was, literally was his mom who had made that right. suit for so him. i thought that was so freaking cool yes and the other part that I thought was good from that was the kid was sitting down there. Uh, uh, green PT Cruiser comes falling off the bridge and is oh, going right. to smash him. He grabs the beat, saves the kid with the PT Cruiser, which is the it's the recreation, the homage kickback to Action Comics oh, number right. one because it's the green car and he puts it down. I was like, oh my god. That is a perfect homage with him right. in the golden age. Uh, that was fabulous. Just right. absolutely a fantastic nod to all fans. 
All-Star Superman did a great job. Making part. Yeah, he did. I love that series. Yeah, I, I agree. The thing that this made me feel like is, you know, with all the different, you know, the Lois and Clark, all the different types of Superman shows, this makes it feel to me, you know, there's the Elseworld series. Right. You know, which a lot of us really like a lot of the Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Elseworlds, uh, stuff like that. You know, Red Sun. This feels like it's an Elseworld universe where it's separate from everything else. But it's really good. I mean, right. I thought the quality in everything oh that's God. in here is fantastic. The filmmaking quality of this was definitely, leading up to it, I saw reviews where they were saying it's so movie-esque with the visuals and they're dead nuts on it yes. is so movie-esque and here's one thing i like about the costume the s is not like in the movie the s is a separate thing and you can even look at this well you guys can't see it, but i've got a henry cavill <clears throat> sideshow superman figure and the s is separate that sits on top of the costume whereas this one you can tell it's sewn right it's, it's part it's of part it. of it and I'm so glad they did that because I don't like it being this separate like shield that sticks off the costume. Yeah. I mean, this is just a great shot. I'm so after this uh, premiere episode, I'm definitely sold on Tyler. Yes. And I think it was the costume. It was the cop. I hated the costume. See, I love it. I do. I like this costume. Love it. But I said his mannerisms and when he's talking to Lois. He's so. Oh, Lois. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I did know a second. Lois. Uh, there hasn't been somebody who's played that part so well since Christopher Reeve in right. the first two movies. Right. Seriously, I mean, he nailed this. So the, the acting is fantastic. One of the other things that I really like, and they bring in current modern day stuff into the Superman lore. So it's all about Lois and Clark living in, they left Smallville. They've been living in Metropolis. Right. Now they, and we won't explain why, but they wind up coming back to Smallville for a while. And it's big city life versus small town rural USA, which are two completely different problems. And they talk about the problems and how they have an impact on, on their life, which includes the two boys. So they've got twins. And there's so much Superman lore in this from all, all the different reboots and all the different versions. But the super thing that they do about this, no pun intended, was they're seeing the how Clark has to bring everything to the forefront, their abilities, through the eyes of their boys who are complete opposites, Jordan right. and Jonathan. Well, and I love the fact this that, is great. that Jordan, you know, he's got – He's got issues. Anxiety disorder. He has anxiety issues and stuff. And I think it's cool that they did that because, other, you know, kids watching this that have those issues have something to relate to. Um, I mean, I relate to Superman for obvious reasons. Yeah. You know, I used to have hair and he has hair. Right. I mean, we were. Well, I, I thought you meant you relate to Lex Luthor. No, no. I relate to Superman. All so the bald versions. We wear glasses. <laughs> um, but. From, from Superman and Clark's character in this, I like what they're doing with them having the teenage boys because now he has to figure out that that balance. And he's, you know, it just adds another layer of Clark now being a father. Right. And I think that's going to be cool to explore. And you have Lois's dad, General Lane. Oh, he's great. I love the actor playing him. He's from Nip Tuck. I can't remember the actor's name, but he's awesome. Um and, you know, he's all about, look, this is BS. You're Superman. First and foremost, that's your job. What the hell? But, you know, he's going to basically, Clark's going to basically come out like, no, man, uh-uh. This is, you know, I've got a family. Of course, I'll be there, but I've got to have this balance. So the general makes, this is the best line in the entire movie, which to me, I mean, the episode, which sums up the entire series. The general looks at Lois with all of this going on and says, you fell in love with Clark Kent, but you married Superman. Yeah. Bam. And you're like, oh, my God. That is that to me, that sums up what this entire show is going to be about. Well, the pulling of the strings in the family life and how they're going to do it. And the funny thing is, I'm such a nice guy. I'm not even going to sue 
the CW for pulling that line from my father-in-law to my wife when he said, look, you fell in love with Andy, but you married a Superman. So even though they took out the word A, I am not going to sue them over that. You guys can have it. I don't know how you got a hold of my wedding video to riff that line because that's 25 years old. I'll give you that one, CW. I, I just think you lose that lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> so just bring me on set for a day. They wind up going back to Smallville, and it's re really good, all the interactions that they have. But there's one part in there that really struck me as, as fancy, and I, I don't know if you picked up on it. Fancy. Fancy. I picked up on my fancy. So we they always talk about in DC Comics the Trinity, you right. know, Batman is always the detective. Right. Wonder Woman is always the soldier. Right. So she's basically right. thought of as the soldier. Sometimes not always, but most of the time the soldier. Superman is always the fireman. All right. So that's oh, wow. how the Trinity always works down. So you always look at Superman as the fireman. Well, it's interesting when they get back, they run into a character whose name's Kyle, who's oh, been yeah. living there. Who's actually, actually the fireman, fire. and the comments that he makes towards Clark because they're on differing viewpoints oh, and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's great because it's almost like Clark's looking at a mirror in a mirror and seeing this other guy being the fireman saying things, and I'm like, oh, don't know if I'm assuming they intended this. I don't know. I mean, it could be me reading into it, but I really, I really well, thought he's, uh, he's Lana's husband. Yes. Yeah. And Lana, I like the I like the casting for Lana Lang too. Yes. I do wish she was a redhead though, like from the comics. Yeah. You know that because I think she's I, more like Kurik from uh, I, from Smallville. I think it would have tagged her a little better when she first comes on screen because if you saw her come on screen with that reddish blonde hair, and then you hear Lana, you're definitely like, oh my god, that's Lana. And you might, if you know Superman lore, you you'd know it before she even did. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, to me, things like that are so easy to do because it's like, look, hair dye or look, fine, you don't want to color your hair. Great. Here, swear wig. You know what I mean? It's I mean, like they, look, they turned Jessica Alba into Mrs. Fan, Mrs. Fantastic, yeah, exactly. and who's, who's totally supposed to have blue eyes. Totally. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So. That's true. The, on the final note, there's some really cool fight scene at the end. We don't even want to talk about who it is. Nope. And there's a really cool cliffhanger because this makes me, oh, once again, is it going to be, is it is this like an Elseworld or is there something more going well, it's on? it's in the Arrowverse. Right. So it's not really an Elseworld. Is it? Yeah. Is it officially in the Arrowverse? Yes. Okay. You didn't. Oh, there's a half hour show after. It ended last night on TV. I'm sure it's on the app called, you know, Super Make the Making of Superman and Lois, something like that. And mm. the producers, you know, talked about it being in, you know, the Arrowverse. Okay, stuff. good. So, I did. I wasn't aware of that because no, I did not get to see that. Obviously, with yeah, my because time constraints. Remember in the remember last year or two years ago when they did the Crisis on Infinite Earths, right? And basically everything merged. Yes. So everything merged. Okay. So All right. Saying. We'll find out. So I'm on our CGC scale. Oh, I go 8.5. Yeah, and I, I'm going to go a 9.0. I thoroughly enjoyed this now. I am going to rewatch it on the big screen at some point because I really do. The special effects looked great. But, again, I'm viewing it on this. So can't wait to see, see it on the big screen. But this is a great show. We don't want to spoil anything. Recommend highly everybody go and watch it. And because just like we do for WandaVision on Fridays, we will have to be doing uh, uh, some Wednesday updates. Stuff, yeah, yeah, because this is this is this is real good. All right, guys. So we're gonna tease out Friday. Friday show is Greece the movie gonna be canceled. We'll talk to talk about it on Friday. The highlight is misogynist, sexist, and a bit rapey. Calls the iconic movie Grease to be banned. <gasps> oh no, not Grease. That's my wife's favorite. Yes. And we'll be talking WandaVision on Friday. And we got two comic reviews, uh, both of them 
two comic reviews, and we'll talk about Invincible. The cartoon just dropped the full two-minute trailer. We'll talk about that Friday as well. And we're going to review this book. Deep I Beyond. Deep Beyond. It's backwards. I can't read it. And this one. And Radiant Black. And Radiant Black on Friday. I've already read them. Andy's going to uh, read them uh, before Friday and give us. We're going to do the reviews on those books. Both of them are, are through Image. Um, and both number ones on completely new stuff. So stay tuned for that. So until Friday. Uh, I'm going to let Dennis press the end broadcast button because I'm sleepy. He is. Good night, Dennis. Tell me so a story. Before everybody signs off, oh. go to our Facebook uh, page and like it. And go to YouTube and subscribe so you get the notifications. And when we come out this, so you don't have to try and remember when we're coming on, you'll be notified. See you all later. Good Bye, everybody. Bye. Good night, Andy. Good night.